You are listening to the Four Corners podcast with Lenny Marcus. Welcome to the Four Corners Podcast with Lenny Marcus. Joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Neil Potter. Four topics, 15 minutes each. We're just killing time. Kill it with us. Our Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram is the number 4C Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes. Listen to us on the Laugh Button Network, thelaughbutton.com. Today's guest is from Cranston, Rhode Island. He started comedy in high school and worked his way through the heyday of the Boston comedy scene down through New York and out to Los Angeles, California, where it all went to hell. I'm kidding. He has a a podcast and a web series called The Two Dicks about a man in the Guinness Book of World Records. Again, I kid. About two funny old-style detectives. He was the host of a show on HGTV called Mission Organization. He is currently the voice of Anthony on Bill Burr's animated hit series F is for Family. And he has been seen on America's Got Talent, where Simon Cowell said he was really, really funny. And Heidi Klum said he might be her favorite comedian of the season. And then Al's wife, Bernadette Pauly, rolled her eyes so bad she's in intensive care. It's (laughs) Al Ducharme. Wow. Wow, you made that! You made all my credits over thirty years sound like they just happened in the last month. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I do it. We do the one I thing. Feel like I like I accomplished something here. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do great intros, and then after that, the show goes straight down the toilet. I don't know how that keeps happening, but it does. Wow, that's uh, pretty much how my life is. So that's, <laughs> I sit right in. The last time I saw you, I thought we were going to. Actually, I thought we were. I was coming on, and we were going to talk about Neil Potter for an hour. I was so excited! I I realized you tricked me, and I have to talk about myself. Yeah, by the way, that would only take like about two minutes. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) only for the first fifteen, Al. I promise we'll make it. We'll make it painless. The last time I saw you was in August of 2016. How do I remember this? I was making money on a cruise ship. I ended up in Alaska, uh, and you just happened to be on another ship. Uh, and that's the last time I think I saw you, right before what my wedding. What do you mean? Like he was passing on the other he ship? He was on another ship. You sat on the like no, the balconies both, and you waved yeah, at each other. We almost did. We, <laughs> st- we we were like ships passing in the afternoon. Yeah. And, um, Anchorage. No, not Anchorage. It was uh, that was in um, uh, Juno. Juno. Juno, Alaska. That Juneau, was the last time I saw. Oh, so at at you at the wherever you wherever the ship docked, you you guys met each other. Yeah. Oh wow. And then Alan came to the wedding, and then I haven't seen him since. But we had lobster rolls. In Alaska. Shit. And it was literally, I think, the best two hours of my cruise life ever because <laughs> I got to see my friend. <laughs> Did you guys hug? I see a big hug happening. Al's on, on the <laughs> You know, that awkward hug that Lenny Marcus does. He gives you like a A-frame hug. Don't touch my private yeah. hug. <laughs> he grabs your shoulder blades with his fingertips. <laughs> lack well, of, like, lack of emotion. I know. <laughs> that's not true. You and... <laughs> you, you are the Mr. Spock of comedy. You and... <laughs> you and Connor will grab my ass. It's not funny. <laughs> and you'll say fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Neil, Al's on a gorgeous celebrity ship. I'm like on Holland America making oh, money. Shit. He's driving way. a Mercedes. You're like in a little yeah, I'm beat like up a car. Dingy. <laughs> yeah. He's like the hit of the show, the thing. And they're like, they're, I'm just doing one little oh, show a week. So it's funny. so funny. Yeah, but Holland America has great 
audiences, and they, they treat you very well there. They have good food. Uh, entertainers very well. Yeah, they do, and they have good yeah. food there, and I really like it. So, Is, is that really, besides your wedding, is yeah. that the last time yeah. we've seen you? I saw really? you like twice. Wow, it's amazing. Yeah. It's it's amazing how, how time flies until you hit the pandemic. Exactly. Yeah, I know. How long have you been in L.A. then, total years? At least 10. Uh, I think it's eight and a half. Shit. Wow. Yeah. That is a long time. Yeah, something like that. Cran- that is a long time. And, and the funny thing is with social media, and you know, we don't feel like it's that long since I've seen you in the flesh. But I know. When doesn't. you look at the calendar, you're like, whoa. Yeah. Because we were, I mean, we were, we were all inseparable when we were living in New York City. We all socialized together. We all went to movies, lunches, dinners, comedy, yep. uh, bowling alleys for your birthday. I mean, <laughs> yep. we, were, we were just interwoven with uh, our social lives, watching yeah. football, baseball yeah it disappears it just it goes fast and it disappears like that it's really sad sometimes um let's go back you have you have like a whole family you're you're, yeah i got a baby you're you're, you're growing yeah you're doing all all the things that i've been avoiding (laughs) uh that's why you're the smart one yeah i still have neil um cranston rhode island um this is outside of providence um you Obviously, you have no accent, which I don't know how you escape that one. And because that's a, you know, that's an accent place. And it's also Italian place. So you got to see a lot of characters probably growing up in Cranston. Yes. Yes. But I can fall into those accents. And sometimes when I'm tired or if I have a couple of beers, I can slip into it. Really? And you may actually hear a word or two that's very New England. We'll see how it goes. But now I'm paying attention to what I'm doing. Um <laughs> But yes, it's a Cranston is a navy blue collar city uh, just outside of Providence, and uh, I went to public schools there, Cranston West, and of course our rival was Cranston East, but a very, you know, uh, working class area where we would um, get into uh, scuffles and fights, and then hang out like best friends the next day. But uh, yeah, I come from that 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 that. That did cloth you, of the working class. Did you win those? Did you win those fights? <laughs> yeah, <we> Never. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was because it was my sister, and I didn't want to hit a girl. Oh so, yeah, okay, I believe <laughs> that. There's a joke. <laughs> the joke will come out <laughs> eventually. Um, you'll get a joke out of me. <laughs> you start. You started in high school doing stand up, which is crazy. And were your parents mm. in theater at all, or show business at all? No. They just thought uh, when I was dipping my toe, I started doing plays in high school and then doing uh, stand-up comedy in my senior year of high school. And then when I uh, made it to college, I, I began doing stand-up comedy as like a part-time gig. And then as soon as I was out of college, I went full-time. But my parents were like that, you know, uh, uh, blue-collar, like I, I keep going with blue-collar, but they were like, you work for a living. You get a good job with the state and you get a pension. <laughs> So was yeah. your and dad like, they, hey, they were just worried. They were worried that I was because they were homophobic. They were worried right. that I was gay. Yes. Because <laughs> I was doing theater and, and you still haven't told them that you're and gay. I, and, I had gay <laughs> and I had a lot of gay friends, obviously. Yeah. When you're exposed, when you're exposed to that side. I'm sorry. I missed what you said, Neil. No way. Do you, are you breaking out stand up in high school at the stand at the shows in high school? Or are you going to clubs? I, there was a talent show. It wasn't it wasn't officially a comedy club during the week. It was a, they had a talent night on a Wednesday night and they had singers, magicians, uh, 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 yeah, magician and stand up comedy. So I would go down there 
And I, because I was always a class clown, I have trophies and certificates on my walls of my accomplishments <laughs> from junior high, <laughs> elementary, junior high, and high school. I have all these awards. And as soon as I get out of uh, grade school and whatnot, uh, then the award stopped. But I, that's my accomplishment. <laughs> Wait, would, they're still on your proudly, wall? I would proudly display them in the home. I would, and, you know, well, I, I put them in my bedroom, but uh, my parents were not thrilled. Because I didn't have the best grades in the world either, but oh, uh, I was full force. I threw myself into live performance and this uh, stand-up comedy uh, talent night. I, I got a taste of it, and I was actually a part of a comedy team in the very beginning. I did two shows uh, with another comedian who I'm not even going to mention his name because I'm annoyed with him right now. But uh, <laughs> uh, And then we went our separate ways. I, I kind of took a little time off from stand-up comedy and then developed myself a little bit and then just started going to the open mics. And I started going up to Boston and um, just as getting on stage as much as I could. And then I started producing a comedy show at my college and I would hire out some comedians from Boston. I actually would call some of the agencies there, Barry Katz, oh, wow. um, who's a, a big manager agent. He was actually my manager and agent for a little bit there, but I would call him and say, Hey, can you send down some comedians? And they would bring all these comedians down. Oh, wow. And then those comedians said, Hey, you're a goofball. Why don't you come and open up for me at another college or somewhere else, some other gig they had. And that's how I really got the ball rolling. And they started paying me. They would hand you cash and they would hand <laughs> you like $25, $35 cash yep. for a college kid. Back in the 80s, that's, that was crazy. That yeah. was crazy. What, what do you mean? I'm, I'm being paid for this? Whoa. So then it just one thing led to the other. And I, I kind of went, I had a couple of part-time jobs in college and right after college, but I kind of went full-time at the stand-up comedy because there was a boom yep. and they didn't have enough bodies. So I was working seven nights a week, two and three shows a night. Wow. And, and how old then are you? I started doing the college circuits. And you're like 20? I, well, I was... I was 17 when I first oh stepped on the stage. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was in my early 20s and I was a full time stand up comedian. Um, it was we, nuts. Your big bit was a Scarface impression? I did. Uh, in, in 1983, uh, Scarface was a big <laughs> movie with Al Pacino. Um, and I, I would just do an impression of Al Pacino. I would take a bag, a sandwich bag of flour. And I would throw it on my face. And I wore I wore I wore a Tony Montana suit. And I I throw the flower in my face and I, I just go and I make a mess of the stage and the other comedians hated me. But it would kill during that time, yeah. you know, in the eighties it was easier to make people laugh. I, it would destroy it was a spectacle. And they were just they were seeing a big cloud of flour floating around the stage and and this you know 19-year-old kid in a suit and, with and, flour all over him. It was hysterical. And oh, now, yeah. you're, now, you, now, you <laughs> love, now you love to cook, and you, you're sad you wasted all that flour? <laughs> <laughs> I got a yeast infection, so I had to stop using it. Thank you very much. I was about to say, you, could, you, probably, you could probably close with that now, and it'd probably kill it again. Because Scarface is so popular on Netflix right now. Yep. So it's funny. unbelievable. The uh, young people, uh, junior high, high school, because uh, on the cruise ships, you, you're exposed to the, the younger people because they go cruising with their families. And their reference point to some of the things that were so big before they were born is amazing. And uh, yes, so I, there's a new audience 
out there. There's a new audience, always a new audience. So you're in the so you get into the Boston comedy scene, which you said was a big boom. Your style is very different. Yeah. It's silly. Did it stand out with guys like Steve Sweeney, Kenny Rogerston, Stephen Wright, Tony V? Or were you the next wave? Did you get crushed doing that after those guys? What was that scene like when you got in it? Um, well, the, definitely the wave after that. Uh, my my wave was in between um, those guys, all those guys that you mentioned, and then these younger guys that were coming up, uh, the Bill Burrs uh, and whoever else was in that group, the Justin McKinney's, the Tom Cotters. Uh, there was that point where the, the, the old regime didn't want you coming in and taking their work away. Right. Uh, matter of fact, they treated us like garbage. They, they wanted you to earn the you want, they wanted you to earn it, you know? Yeah. And who's this guy wearing a suit with flour? Well, anyways, <laughs> I ditched the flour and I ditched the suit and then I just started doing the impression of Scarface and I worked it in. So it was more acceptable back then, but they didn't like me because I, I did sound effects and I was a physical humor. Right. Uh, and, it, and, and when that took over my stage presence or uh, uh, essence, that's, I guess that style is going out of style, yeah. I guess, because everybody was doing the, you know, the uh, monologues and right. the monologists were very big. So I was always a little different, but at the same time, I was offered a lot of stand-up work because I was different instead of having three monologists. You know, let's throw, right. let's throw Ducharme on there to mix it up. And then no one wanted to follow me, and I don't blame <laughs> them. Not, not, that I, not that I was a Lenny Bruce, you know. Right. <laughs> Just... They just didn't want to deal with this spectacle. <laughs> and and then um, I, I was the guy until Dane Cook came along and took what I, my style and then put it on crack <laughs> and then annoyed everyone. <laughs> and when he did that, I, did, I toned everything down. I just toned it all down because I wanted to separate myself from, from him. Oh, and wow. then, of course, he went on to... Do nothing. Stardom. And um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, have a, I have a bad phone connection. So there you go. <laughs> Why did you move to New York City, Al? And when did you come down again? You, you had to come down like mid-90s. And then why did you come down? Did the scene up there die? Or you want to see how it would go in New York City? Why? Um, a lot of people don't know this, but I, I actually had two bouts. And I say bouts like in boxing. I had two like boxing matches with New York city. Uh, I went right from college and I moved there with my girlfriend, my college girlfriend at the time. Uh, she was only supposed to stay with me for a month or two while she, uh, set up shop somewhere else in an apartment with a roommate, the roommate backed out. She stayed with me. Uh, but we moved there because, you know, it was the New York scene. It was the acting and stand up comedy scene. And that's where you would go before you would think about going to Los Angeles. And that's what it was. I was going down there to sharpen my, my, you know, my, my knife set there. And I wanted to hone my craft and just, I, I wanted to be more of an actor at that time too. And, uh, but the stand up comedy just kind of took off. Once you're exposed to that New York comedy scene back then, yep. so it's a different animal. Why'd now. you, why'd you uh, leave the first time? It's just wanted to get out of the, you know, small town, feel of Rhode Island's the smallest state in the country. It's there are a few years behind in the times. And uh, I was going down to New York city to visit some of my friends who had already moved there. And I, I had a real taste for it. I and then why did you that. leave New York? What happened? What, what broke you the first yeah, why'd time? Why'd you go back? Um, 
girls? I found myself. Uh, well, I had my my relationship ended. Uh-oh. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was living with a girl named Lisa, and uh, we had a, a, an apartment on the Upper West Side. It was a cute little studio, but it had like a, a balcony that was bigger than the studio itself, um, at the top of a brownstone. And uh, she was being stubborn because I was sleeping on the couch for about six months prior to us leaving the apartment. But I was going to keep the apartment as my New York pad and and share it with a couple of comics uh, as a crashing pad because we were all on the road quite a bit back then. But uh, um, so she was on the lease. And my mantra was, when the lease is up, lease is out. (laughs) (laughs) So when the lease came up, she wouldn't move. She uh, the car. So I, just, I just said, screw this. Oh, shit. I went on the road for quite a bit, and I was kind of uh, couch surfing for a while at a friend's house. And then I, I met another girl. Uh, uh, I fell in love, and then we purchased a home together. And so I, I set up shop there. And then, of course, after a few years, she got tired of me uh, traveling and getting all these accolades coming off stage she was a little jealous of that and i don't blame her she was tired of what was going on (laughs) and um i so i said okay let's sell the house we did and then i moved to new york city oh wow so it came full circle i put all my my money in the uh in the the dot-com era the bubble (laughs) oh Um, shit (laughs) so that worked out well (laughs) yeah yeah gone um but uh yeah I, i and you that was in 1998. So oh my God! Quickly, Neil. When oh, you and I became. A yeah, patient. that's yeah. Wait, I have one question because Lenny's going to ring the bell on us. Wait, yep. tell me the story when you pull up in the police car with Justin, <laughs> <laughs> and Justin was like, <laughs> Justin, <laughs> Justin told us that story. That's one of my favorite stories ever. Justin's a cop. Uh, you're it, playing it, you're a gonna cop. Ring the bell, though. You're gonna <laughs> no, ring the bell. no, no. I won't let him. We He's know. I'll synopsis this, and you just. I just want to know Justin's face. That's all yeah, Neil yeah. wants to know is the reaction. Justin's a cop. You're in a movie. He goes to consult on the movie. Oh. You're playing. I want to hear your version. He's an actor. Okay, he wants okay, to play okay, the. Let, cop. Me, let, me give you, let me give you the fact. Right. <laughs> let me give you the fact. Okay. Uh, Justin McKinney and I, Bill Burr, too, uh, lumped in that, and Tom Cotter and uh, Greg Fitzsimmons. We were all kind of, and Joe Rogan. Uh, we were all kind of hanging out together. Even Mark Marin, but everybody hated Mark uh, <laughs> because he was an asshole. And then he became, then he wasn't an asshole for a few years, and then yeah. he was an asshole again. And I don't know where he is now because I don't talk to him. But anyway, <laughs> he's there. He's um, in LA. <laughs> but anywho, uh, it was us cluster of idiots running around. So we would all audition for these local things that would come through Boston through one of the casting agents. And uh, one of them was Unsolved Mysteries. Unsolved Mysteries, the television show, which is actually, uh, it's been rebooted and it's very popular right now from what I understand. But, right. uh, so uh, Justin McKinney wasn't even called in for it. And they were, they were looking for a cop, someone to play a cop. <laughs> right. So here he is working as a cop full time and doing stand up at night and mm. auditioning whenever he had a day off. And they don't call the cop in. <laughs> and, he, and he had the day off when they were shooting. So so I go in and audition for this cop. And basically you have to go in uh, to a home with your gun drawn and you got to arrest somebody. So there's all these guys that are showing up for the audition and they're all wearing their uh, prison guard police uniforms. Some of them are actually ex-cops, but they still have their, their, their cop <laughs> shirts. And they're all like six foot 
something and just, you know, buff. I'm, I'm five, nine and a half and I weighed 145 pounds. So I went in and I, I pulled my wallet out from under uh, from my back pocket and drew it like a gun. I said, let's see the hand. <laughs> the director goes, that's it. That's him. <laughs> they made everybody wait. They made everybody wait because they had a casting immediately. So they, they they walk out. The casting director walks out and says, "Okay, everybody can leave except for Al Ducharme." <laughs> all these guys look at me like, "What the? Are you shitting me, this guy?" So I'm like, "I don't know. I don't know." So I go to the set a couple of days later. It's in New Hampshire. Yeah. It's some house, like a farmhouse, and. Uh, there's a police car there because they need, uh, they have uh, movie trucks. It's a big, big shoot. There's, yeah. a, the, there's like 50 people on set to shoot this thing. Uh, and uh, the police car and the per- the cop doing the detail is Justin McKinney. <laughs> <laughs> so he's getting like 17 bucks an hour. <laughs> and, and, I, and I think I was making 2,500 bucks for the day. Yeah. And he sees me get out of my car and I'm walking towards him. He's go, he just says, you gotta be shit. <laughs> oh my God. No, no. When did you audition for this? I didn't get called, but I'm going to call her back and tell her what he's, he just went off the rails. Off the rails. Now, now he's a Maine cop, but the, because the, uh, the scene is supposed to take place in Maine, they need the main police car, right. patrol car, but right. it's being shot in New Hampshire. So right. he's just there as a detail, you know, getting his 17 bucks an hour. <laughs> and uh, so the they say, hey, can you show him how to go into the house with a gun? <laughs> he's like, what? <laughs> no extra pay, by the way. Right. So he has to show me the procedure of what a cop would do when he walks into a with oh, gun. Oh, that's got to be so painful then, for Justin. And then they say, actually, uh, Al doesn't have the right uniform. They ask McKinney to loan me his uniform. <laughs> so now he's taking off his shirt, and he's in his T-shirt, and he's bitching and moaning. I can't believe this is happening. And I have to give him my New Hampshire, because they gave me a New Hampshire police right. shirt, because the wardrobe person screwed up. It's supposed to say Maine on it. Yeah. And we had to switch uniforms, and it was hysterical. Oh, <laughs> And he's never forgotten. He still it. talks about it. Yeah. Oh, we know. <laughs> we we know. Heard it. All right. All right. Let's move on. It's an it hour up. I'm sorry. What That's happened? the yeah. bell. The bell. We're way over, but we needed that story. So the second corner we wanted to do today is called Showbiz Luck. And there you go. I would say for Justin, that's show business bad luck. Yeah, yeah if there ever was one. <laughs> I didn't think that's how I was going to get to this. But sometimes you get lucky. Like we were just we just did DC Benny. Um, thanked me up and down for getting into supermarket sweep, and it was just just a, yeah. a thing of luck that Leslie really liked DC. We needed somebody for his role, and then she's like, "Who can we work with?" And it was just this crazy bit of luck that one day I couldn't open for her at the strip because I was downtown. I wasn't going to make a spot to open for her, and she's like, "Who should I get to open for me?" And I go, "Well, what about?" And I look at the lineup. I'm like, "Get DC Benny." And she's like, oh, I love DC Benny. Done. Then DC goes up and kills wow. and then puts it in her head. And then later on, like uh, I'd say six months later when we're casting Supermarket Sweep, we go like, who should we get? And I go, what about DC Benny? She goes, yes, get DC Benny. I love DC Benny. And and yeah, he'll that's, he'll that's tell perfect. you Once. it's luck. It's mm-hmm. just it, this. Sorry. he goes, it's all right. He goes, this never happens. And so 
And so now I started to think, okay, let's do a little segment on getting lucky. And you have a great story here because Bill Burr remembers you from the old days. And why don't you tell how you got F is for family? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, Bill, again, was a next generation of comedians just by uh, three or four years. And um, we, all, we all took a liking to Bill um, when he was pretty young. He was just, we could tell that he had some goods, you know, he had some stage presence and he kind of got the hang of it kind of early on. So he was kind of hanging out with our little group there uh, for a while. We did road gigs together. We would jump in the car and drive up to New Hampshire, Maine from the Boston area and do all these gigs, uh, ski resorts and whatever bars. Um, So we had all that going on. And then, you know, I would occasionally see Bill throughout the years, uh, gigs here and there. And then, you know, he busted out of the scene there. Um, you know, his podcast became super popular and uh, all of a sudden he started getting these big deals and uh, whatnot. And unfortunately, we were doing, he called me up one time and said, hey, um, unfortunately, a friend of ours, uh, Pete Cumming, comedian out of Boston, had passed away at uh, the ripe age of 49 years old. Uh, he had an aneurysm and just uh, and left a... Uh, twin boys and, and a wife, uh, behind. And Bill has always been good about, uh, you know, doing, doing fundraisers and helping people out. He's very good that way. And he'll just, anybody calls him for a fundraiser. He's like, yep, I'm, I'm there. I'll make it happen. We'll move things around. So he called me up. He goes, Hey, we gotta do, we gotta do a benefit. We gotta do a benefit. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in town. Let's, let's make it happen. So, um, a bunch of Boston guys flew in for it. Uh, and uh, we, you know, we as soon as he announced it on his podcast, I think I think we were like half sold out. And then he announced it on his podcast, and 20 minutes later, it was sold out. And uh, we they were turning people away at, at the Laugh Factory <laughs> here in Hollywood. Uh, so it was a big successful night, and everybody could do no wrong. We all had great sets. And he said, "Listen," he goes, uh, "I just got word that my animated show, Efforts for Family." And I hadn't seen an episode yet, <laughs> yeah. but they had done six episodes. He said, we got the green light for season two. And, uh, you know, I always had you in the back of my mind for voices because we, we kind of ran through everybody. Everybody's been doing two and three voices and everybody's starting to sound the same. So you're perfect for this. So um, do me a favor. I got to run this by the co-creator, Michael Price you know, the writers, blah, 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 but I'd like to get you in there. And I said, okay. So I send him some clips and he, they showed him my clip. I I do a, uh, the voice for Anthony is actually from my act. And it's about um, my friends putting their children three and four or five years old on the telephone with me. (laughs) And, you know, Justin McKinney would do it. The Cotters, Tom Cotter, (laughs) they put the boys on the phone with me and, and, and my nieces and nephews and such. So I developed this, bit which is really old it's an old bit but it's a staple of my act and i still do it today of course uh they saw that clip of me doing at the comic strip live and they said he's perfect because they had written this character already anthony but they needed a voice for it right so actually anthony's line his tagline is you know what you know what you know what? Um, um you know what and that's the character <laughs> for my act and all of a sudden that's the tagline, and 
Michael Price, our executive producer, when he does interviews and such, he goes, yeah, we stole that from Al. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like very open about it. He goes, no, that's Al's act. We do. It just fit perfect with this, this role. So, uh, so Bill calls me up. He goes, okay, they love you. Everybody loves you. Now, Vince Vaughn is executive producer. Do you guys, are you familiar with the cast? On, on yeah, it's like it's Vince like, Vaughn, Laura Durham, Sam Rockwell, Justin it's, Long, Mo it's, Collins. It's drop name Kechner, city. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like Sam Rockwell. It's like yeah. crazy. And and all the uh, all the other uh, actors that come in, the guest stars, Jonathan Banks. Yep. Uh, but all the, even, even like Mo Collins from uh, uh, Mad TV. TV. Mm-hmm. But there's a bunch of other people that are professional voiceover artists that just like work constantly they're all in there as well so and then me you know the guy (laughs) who makes fart noises for a living um he goes yeah we want you to come in for a table read i'm like all right i'm gonna go in for a table read for a cartoon (laughs) but it's an animated show it's an animated series on netflix all right i'm reading for a cartoon um so i i there's a ballroom at the Garland Hotel, which is only about a mile from where I live here in Studio City. And they're very official, and there's like uh, a curb check, and you, it's very organized. And there's people with headsets everywhere. It's like, it's like the president is coming into town, and it's, you know, Secret Service. And, but it's very well, it's organized and laid back, but very professional. And so they, they uh, usher me into this ballroom. I'm thinking it's going to be like, 12 people sitting at a big table or something. I walk in there. It's like 80 people. It's, it's the uh, uh, Netflix executives. It's the entire cast, all the writers, all, everybody, the PAs. There's just, everybody's there. People run up to you. Can I get you something? I'm like, I thought we were reading for a cartoon. What the hell is going on here? It's expensive cartoon. (laughs) There's there's like, there's like very familiar faces that we all know. And so these, at me they go al we, they have your name tag you're <laughs> sitting here and they put me right next to all the executives <laughs> and then the showrunner you know michael price and everybody is like sitting back and they're all watching me to see how i do you know because right. i'm the new kid on the block and um we get to my lines and it's pretty much my act and some other dialogue Right. <laughs> so it's, it's nothing to me. I just go right into it. And of course, the the writers start laughing first because they wrote it or the other parts of it. And then the uh, everybody else just loses their shit. Right. When they get to, every time they go around the table and get to my lines, they just all howl. Yeah. I'm like, really? <laughs> this is a bigger response than I've been getting in years. Yeah. And, uh, oh, that must be so That's good. so cool. Yeah, they, they come up to me and, and, and you know, um, Michael Price comes up. He goes, "Welcome to the family." Oh wow, and that's so cool! Some, some executive introduced me to some executives, and that's and awesome. All that, and uh, so and all of a sudden, uh, and you know, uh, so, I, I got two seasons in, and um, so we're waiting to hear officially about season one. five. Nice, um, but I'm not allowed to. Thank you don't have to say wink, anything. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Oh, congratulations, baby. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, No, what nudge. are you talking about? I don't know what I'm talking I don't about. Want to lose my job. I'm not talking about anything. I'm yeah. just saying, all I'm saying is that a guy died and you got a job. Is that your lucky break? Is that, <laughs> is that the that, moralist? We could have covered that in 12 seconds. Yeah, that's oh, what I was hoping for. 
Thank uh, you, Pete, coming. R.I.P. <laughs> for, for Aldi. Leaving your family behind so I can get a gig. <laughs> um, but no, sometimes people get lucky. That's what we were talking about. We'll sum it up with this. Um, you know, like we did four sides of 40 and, uh, you know, Patty Rossbro, we we called her out of nowhere and she got a lucky break to come into that. Um, I got lucky working with Leslie just by hanging out at the Comedy Cellar and then I end up, you know, meeting her and then, you know, we went to a baseball game. We hit it off at a baseball game. Um, you know, Neil got some luck that he's uh, been hanging around with me for 25 years and actually could do something <laughs> for him. <laughs> you know, he paid off. It finally luck paid, paid off. off. Wait, Lenny didn't mention the time I did one show on Four Sides of 40 and got fired. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You got fired. No, I didn't. Well, was that when you covered for me? Or no, no. no he, they, we didn't open the act. Remember and him and Bethel? We, the, we, we oh, on Bethel in, in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah we, we at bombed. At the Three Rivers Theater. We didn't, Theater we didn't really bomb. It was more just. Oh, a, I loved it. It was more just unorganized <laughs> chaos. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was our first, that was our first big one, wasn't it? One of the them. There? Uh, yeah. I don't remember what the yeah we look. We've had a bu- we had a bunch of openers. Nobody we realized early on that we have four sides, but somebody's got to open the show. Uh, yeah, we threw Bernadette. My yeah. wife Bernie. She got up do a couple of them. Yeah, she did yeah. well. Um, but yeah, we got. I've gotten other than F is for family. Um, you know, I don't know if you, I can't think, you know, I'm not going to think about your career. I mean, I got, I remember getting lucky once with a landing, a, uh, a landing, a, uh, a Wendy's commercial. We have a phone going off in the back. Just pull the plug on that. There you go. Um, well, that's because you're hot and juicy. So yeah, an easy one for you. Just slide <laughs> right in there. Nice. Um, yeah, so I got lucky that I get this Wendy's commercial. They fly me down first class. I end up in, um, you know, Florida uh, at the Miami Arena, and all I have to do is sleep on camera. That that was that was I the thing. That. And I'm like, they're panning across with the thing as they're panning across with the camera. The director, as I'm sleeping with my eyes closed, is saying like, "Oh, you guys." You're the luckiest two people in the world. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? We flew you in for this shit as the camera is panning around. And I'm like, you want me to laugh while I'm sleeping? You know, like, shut up. So if you look real closely, I, I think they might have got the... I, yeah, I'm smirking. You might have got the one tape that I wasn't those smirking Those are those on. dream, dream it jobs. It was a real dream job. But other than that, which was like, I think right around uh, the year 2000, you know, well, I, commercials always feel lucky. Yeah, they do feel a little lucky. Even though you worked on, you know, you go on a million of them. And miss. Yeah. Did you have anyone, Neil, that they you got lucky on? Always feel. I well, mean, what, what, other than a supermarket sweep, do you have a lucky moment? I mean, commercials, business? like I said, always felt lucky. But my luckiest commercial was clearly when I did, uh, believe it or not, it was a Rogaine <laughs> print ad. And I was like, I went in and they're like, yep, you're perfect. It was just like that. And I was like, what? I don't even know what I was doing. And they're like, just show up at this location at, at 10, 10 a.m. And I showed up and no one was there. And I was like, okay, I clearly don't know where I am. And then like an, I'm eating breakfast. There's breakfast that some guy walks in and goes eat. And then I eat. And then some guy rolls in about an hour and a half later with a camera. And he goes, hey, he goes, just turn, stand there. And he took like three pictures and he goes, thank you and then he left and then and he left and then i made like almost 10 grand and then, and that was the luckiest thing that ever happened but the best part of that is you can see the back of my head because i had the perfect circle in the back of my head when i was losing my hair and my dad was taking a dump one day and he he's like he's like honey he's yelling to my mom he's like i think this is neil the back of neil's head in the golf digest <laughs> 
So that was the a pinnacle. <laughs> I was like, that was a pinnacle of my career up until Supermarket Sweep. Yeah, they, <laughs> they were so proud of you. They were, so that's him. That's our boy. Yeah. I, I recognize that cranium. <laughs> you might recognize it better, honey, from your angle. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Wait. So can I ask a Hollywood question? Has that led to a lot more work? Have you gone out for more animation and stuff in Hollywood? There's so much animation out there. Not no. Yes. Yes and no. Um, my my flaw was, uh, at, at, you know, Lenny, you know this. When you when you book these uh, cruise gigs, they book you a year in advance. Yeah. So what I've learned is it's it's, it's feast or famine. This is you know show business. So yep. I I took I took like twenty two cruises out of town, Ooh. and they're they're weak cruises for the most part. Yep. So of course, you know, I go with a, a new agent. They're so excited to be with you. <laughs> And then they start calling you. Where are you? <laughs> I'm in Barbados. <laughs> Where are you tomorrow? I'm going to be in Cancun. Oh, you know, shit. Like, <laughs> you're like their worst so nightmare. They yes, yes. They go, oh, you're another comedian. I, 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 hate work, I hate working with comedians. You told me you're going to be around. I'm like, well, you didn't send me out. You said we're going to send you out. And then you, send, you, know, you sent me out once in three months. Right. You know, I got to make a living. So that's what it is. But back to your photo shoot. Those are the best things. That really is all about a look, you know. I've done a couple of those, the photo shoots, and you can't believe the kind of money that you're getting for that three or four seconds. No, it's insane. <laughs> I, I love my or just a snapshot. <laughs> yeah, my. I really thought I was going to have a successful print career, but it it died out. Yeah, I mean, print was my favorite thing. I'm like, yeah, I want to go on a close just to sit and you know just take a picture. Like, okay, I didn't even like, know what? that. Yeah, they need regular people for yep. print ads. You don't realize it. Yeah, it was good. All right, that's our show business. Oh, bell's coming. There's the bell. There it is. There it is. Okay. So the third corner I want to do today is um, is about cooking, believe it or not. Um, because Al Ducharme has been known to be a very good cook. And... Um. Neil does not believe I I've been I've been trying to cook a lot of meals since the pandemic. Um I've taught myself a couple of I had a couple dishes coming in from when I was single. I've got a couple now that I've uh during the pandemic. Neil says he refuses to eat it and and Bethel is like, "When can I come? When can I come?" Like I was like, "I'll make you salmon, I'll make you chicken, whatever Neil wants on the menu, I will make him." And uh, he refuses to eat it. So, but but Bernie I'm a loves your cooking on right? both levels. Like, wait, did you wake up this morning and like cook a breakfast like for yourself, like yeah, something magical? He, I bet you he did. Yeah, well, no, actually, this morning because uh, this is early for me. I'm three yeah. three hours behind. Uh, I set my alarm for seven thirty. I don't set my alarm during the pandemic. I just don't do it. <laughs> and uh, I usually wake up around eight eight thirty, depending on what's going on in my neighborhood, construction wise. But uh, no, actually, uh, Bernadette, who's not very handy in the kitchen, because she doesn't have confidence. <laughs> uh, she tells it. She says, "You make it. I'll clean it up." But she uh, she just made me an H and H frozen bagel. Oh wow! Put okay. it in the toaster oven. How did who and, sent uh, them to you? I'll tell you what. It, H and H out of the oven, unbelievable. But uh, fro I, I, having a frozen H and H is better than a, a frozen uh, Thomas's bagel. <laughs> what's your go-to meal now? When yeah, you what's cook? your go-to meal? When you cook, I've seen you cook a bunch of stuff. But what's your best one? My, I don't have a best one. My talent lies in. It's funny. A lot of these cooking shows do this. You open the fridge and you take a little bit of leftovers and a this and a that, and you make, she says it's their gourmet meals, but she's actually an easy uh, uh, person, mm. audience, when it comes to food. 
Um, but I think my talent lies because my family did have a, a restaurant. They had a kind of like a diner slash luncheon place. And uh, but my father was a, uh, always cooking at home, and I just loved cooking shows. Uh, as a kid, I at, at eight nine years old, I loved watching like cooking. Julia shows. Child I always had an affinity to it. Like Julia yeah, Child, so yeah, yeah. Julia Child, so the Galloping Gourmet, yeah, yeah. Um, but even now, like Jamie Oliver and uh, and Gia and and what's what is that her name? Gia, yeah. what's her name? Gia, Lydia, uh, Gia Rentis, sort of. Oh, Lydia, yeah. I love Lydia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, <laughs> she has two restaurants. In the with her, her late mother. Yeah, she has two uh, restaurants in the city we've gone to because Bethel's mom loves Lydia. So. <laughs> yeah, well, she no, she's really good. She makes very simple. Uh, Italian dishes. But is that what you're producing? You're producing like this. You're like everything. Like when you make pasta, you're like, I'm going to make it from scratch. I'm going to make this sauce. I'm going to shop for this stuff. Like, are you like that kind of chef? No, 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 no. (laughs) Pizza pizza dough I have made from scratch, but I also buy it frozen crust or, or I'll take a, I'll buy a frozen pizza and then just doctor it up. I'm good at doctoring things up to make it seem less processed, less uh, closer to fresh, if that's possible. Um, uh, that's where my talent lies. But you got to remember, Lenny, you shot uh, Comedy Cooks, a little uh, oh, pilot presentation. Oh, my God, yes. Where we had Corey Kahaney as my counterpart, and she was the uh, more of the refined chef, and I was the mocking comedian cook. So <laughs> that episode, we made... She made beef Wellington with a nice French wine, and I made a Wellington cheeseburger with a Budweiser in a wine glass. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do. I do. That was really good. I And you know what? Yours is just as good, I think. It was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's puff pastry. You put anything in the, the, the phyllo dough, it's going to be good. You could put a dead rat in that. <laughs> but... Uh, but you you shot that and you edited the that's whole thing right. and you actually made a little appearance. Um, the concept was that we were in my New York apartment and you'd have a. The pitch was when I pitched it to the Food Network was you have a professional chef come in and then you'd have comedians. We had Tom Cotter, we had Carrie, we had Bernadette. Bernadette was a gadget girl. She had a tool that's belt. Right. She had a tool belt with all kinds of like uh, kitchen gadgets on it. Uh, Carrie Louise was. Spice rack girl. We had her on uh, roller skates or rollerblades. Oh, yeah, that's right. And she would come in wearing a bikini top, and she had uh, a spice rack that, like, you would carry, like, she was uh, selling hot dogs at the. All right, I want to see this show. Can I see this show? Can I tell you? I want to see this show. Sounds like a great show. Yeah, this show should be on TV. I want to see this. This is a great pitch. Yeah. This is a great. And it it actually is going to be, we're going to be re. Reshooting and pitching it again. Oh, uh, you should. Yeah. So you may see you may see life after all. But you got to remember, um, we pitched that to the Food Network and they shot us down big time. And then um, uh, a producer who was an assistant or something, uh, like a year and a half later, called me up. She says, "Hey, do you still have that comedy cooks thing going on? What's going on with that? I'd like to repitch that. I'm a producer now." And I said, "Sure." And I sent her all the stuff. And she called me. She goes, oh, I love this thing. But they, they shot you down again. It's too risque. It's too risque. Well, we can make adjustments. Yeah, yeah you can put but a top many, on Carrie Louise. Yeah, what's that? You can put a top on Carrie Louise. <laughs> <laughs> risque. I know. You're making hamburgers. Crazy. Jesus Christ. 
Christ. <laughs> We're making hamburgers. But Lenny played my downstairs neighbor in the apartment. And uh, we were throwing some garbage in our garbage disposal, but it wasn't really. He said, it's not a real garbage disposal. We're not quite sure where this goes. It's a New York City uh, yeah. apartment building. But we just throw all our debris down this thing. We close the lid. And then we do it. And then we cut to Lenny's eating breakfast or something. And then all of a sudden, all this garbage falls in his plate. Yeah, <laughs> I do <laughs> remember feeling. that. It falls from overhead. Just Oh, I like this just, show. Like, the show just keeps getting better with the twist and yeah, turn. Yeah, this is funny. Like, <laughs> I, I, you know what? I didn't remember you until you said it now, and it's a, it was a good show. Yeah, I it like cooking show. Well, I'm a very visual. I'm a very visual person. Like when we, we shot another little short because we used to make those Christmas movies. That's for right. The comic strip. That's right. And we collaborated on a couple of them. And my thing was always a sight gag. That's right. Like uh, we, we did that scene where uh, Bernadette Pauly is uh, it's three in the morning and she's sleeping and I call her <laughs> and she answers the phone and I'm in my car. And I'm like, hey, write this address down. I want you to meet me because I don't have a pen. I go use mine. And I hand her my pen and she takes it out of my hand. And I love those psych gags. Oh, so my God. I remember that psych gag, too. It took, like, nine shots to line <laughs> up the pen so it looked exactly right. Oh, my God. And that was yes, before, lining yeah. up the hand. Perfect. Um, well, I think that's a good cooking show. Just don't put it on PBS. They're, those cooking shows, are not, they don't have any comedy the PBS, on PBS. No, no, no. I'm sure Al will. If he There's can, so many networks that would take that show now. I, I totally agree, 100%. Definitely get it back out there. Um, I, as far as cooking goes, I can make... It's funny. It's cheaper, too. Like, you can make a good salmon. You go to the store. Uh, sorry. You go to a restaurant and make salmon. It'll cost you what for two people to go for dinner? Like, $75, $80? But yeah. you can go to the store. You yep. can go to the store and make your own salmon, which is not that hard to make for for two people. 25 bucks. To me, though, the joy is all the joy of going to the restaurant, cleaning up and all that shit. Oh. It ruins everything. <laughs> I think that the joy of it just it just ruins the whole the whole thing. So whenever I cook the prep and and the the work I'm putting into it and then everyone scars it down, there's yeah. absolutely no nothing no redeeming love. for me at all <laughs> on any side of it. Like the little, oh, you're, that was good, Neil, is I take as like a piece of shit. I don't like any of it. Well, but what's your go-to? What are your guys' go-to meals? What's your go-to meals? That's what I want to hear. To cook? I, I, shrimp and scallops is what I like to cook. This is See, I, you can tell I haven't hung out with Lenny in years, yeah. especially since he got married, because you were the microwave king. No, no, no. I, <laughs> had a microwave. I, I didn't have a microwave. I hate a microwave. I don't. Oh, the he's only pissed thing, right you had now. A I is pissed. Apartment. I had a microwave, but it was up in the sky. If you remember the small apartment, my kitchen was so small, you had to like get on a stepladder and go up there. And the only right. thing I had, it, it, the only reason I even had one, I had my sister give it to me, is because when Pete Corielli came over one time, he wanted to heat up his coffee. He screamed at me all fucking day. Bro, you don't have a fucking microwave. Bro, you got to have a microwave. Bro, how am I going to keep up my coffee, bro? You know, it was ridiculous. So I had to get a microwave. But that was uncanny. But that impression of that. Ow, ow. <laughs> it's a popcorn you just, just exposed Lenny that he's like cooking these meals, but really he's just microwaving no, shit. No, I didn't uh, he, just, he, would, <laughs> he just got exposed. He would, also, he would order, he would call down and order a sandwich from the deli downstairs at the bodega. And he goes, Al, what do you want? You want turkey? You want turkey? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's his new nickname. And he would go down, because we were, we were editing. He goes, I'll, he goes, I'll call it in. You go pick it up. Because I would sit over your That's shoulder true. while you were editing our, our little projects. Yep. And, uh, but you were like Mr. Deli, food delivery guy. And I saw the microwave. 
and you made a couple of things sometimes, so I associated it with, oh, he's a microwave guy, mm. not knowing the rest of that story. But here's the deal. I got rid of my microwave. We didn't have a microwave for years because we felt at the time that the food that was available was garbage. Yes. And we felt like we were eating bad food the majority of the time. Now there's there's better microwave food. Oh, uh, no. There, I, I won't go near a microwave. So we, it's that's a, Lenny's new nickname when his, his chef is called Olive Garden. That's yeah, his new nickname. That's a popcorn microwave. <laughs> <laughs> a microwave oven is a popcorn maker. I, I don't like anything in the microwave. I don't like anything heated up in the microwave. I don't like anything microwave. That's it's, it's but my Do you have a microwave resort. in here? Yeah, it's there. Uh, it's exactly. There. Al, do you have a microwave? No, we still don't. We still have, that's some uh, dedication. Okay, have, that, we, that pushes you to the next level if you don't have a microwave. In my we, book. Have the, we bought a Breville pizza oven combo convection. Yeah, we have one of the, it takes longer, <laughs> but it's quicker than the regular oven. And uh, I, we use it all the time. I make pizzas in it. I have a pizza stone. I have a pizza peel. Look at that. And when I make my dough and I let it sit in the uh, fridge overnight, it really is. It, it, it's a lot of work, but it. It's the best pizza. So you'll spend like a whole day tracking up a meal, like getting the meal together, like going to the farmer's market. I'll use use seven pans instead of two. Uh, And she comes in. She goes, I don't mind cleaning up, but could you, why do you need seven pans? I just keep piling them up. It's like I'm cooking for the Navy. It's just ridiculous. You're an artist. You're an artist. (laughs) I'm an artist. I'm like Pollock. That's what I say. The, I just, the key to good cooking. everywhere. The, <laughs> the key to cooking for me is you have to make the good meal, but you have to make it. My dad and I would have this rule. It's got to be one pan or less. That was the key move. It's one pan or less. <laughs> yeah. So um, do you also roast your own coffee? You're a coffee guy. So do you ro- do you do that kind of stuff? We, we have a combination of grinding beans uh, and also we buy, we get the Folgers Gourmet, which... Um, Maureen Langan, you know Maureen yes. Langan, um, a comedian. Uh, she uh, introduced us to the Folders Gourmet, and we're kind of hooked on that. But, you know, we, I always, I try not to buy anything unless it's on sale. And sometimes we'll go to um, one of the discount stores. Uh, what is it? Like TJ Maxx, and they have expired coffee beans that are like, you know, $18 for a pound. Oh, and You're buying expired coffee beans? <laughs> yeah. Folgers, wait. Well, I'm exaggerating. It's got, no. it's got like 12 minutes left. Oh, okay. Those, can't those <laughs> words, do those words really go together? Folgers, whatever? No, I think it's an oxymoron. <laughs> How's a coffee bean? They're taking coffee beans out of animals that are shitting them out and saying they're gourmet. Yeah. So if I'm buying some coffee bean that expires in two months, and we're we're eat, you know we're we're drinking it, you know. What's the what's the big deal? <laughs> Wait, have you it's like ninety five? <laughs> now, are you like uh, getting a coffee like after dinner? Like you'll 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 brew up the beans, you'll grind the beans, and put it in a little espresso. Like are you you're like the high gourmet chef? No, he's uh, no 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 no. <laughs> he, uh, I, sound that fancy. I can't drink I can't drink caffeine beans. after three p.m. Oh, uh, otherwise, I'll be up till five a.m. Yeah, so also, Al, we're gonna end the segment with this. I saw an interview with you, and you say you like cakes. So, do you bake cakes? I have. It's a, it's so funny. I just recently purchased uh, uh, Betty Crocker <laughs> and cake mix, chocolate cake mix, oh and uh, brownie mix. And Bernadette makes fun of me because I'll buy them. And then I leave them out to remind me to make them. 
and and they'll be out for weeks. She goes, you're going to make this today? I go, like, she goes, put it away. I go, what are you doing? She goes, I'm putting it away. It's been here for two weeks. I'm like, no, I'll forget to make it. <laughs> so occasionally I do, but I don't make them enough where I'm really good at it. It's always, it's always like, oh, I haven't made a cake in like uh, 10 months. All right, so let me let me just sum it up. Yeah. You basically we're going to Al's house. We got to remind him to make the meal. Yep. <laughs> if we remind him to make the meal, it may or may not be good. <laughs> we're, not, we're not sure. But my batting average, uh, if you want to equate it to the baseball analogy, my batting average is is pretty high. It's, it, it's up there. All right, pretty good. All right, I I like that. Well, if you come here, I tell like I tell Neil all the time, he can call whatever he wants. I can make one good dinner of each i can make him i can make him uh shrimp or scallops i can make him a good fish dinner i can make him a good chicken dinner and um you know i can make him one of anything he wants but he he's very reluctant to show neil, up. you gotta give him a shot you gotta, you gotta give, give him, him a, a shot neil give all it right. a go all right the next uh corner we have we this is a game we play uh called this that and the other thing al and so i'll give you a choice okay. of one or two things uh, maybe three things, and you could pick any of the three, t- and we will all discuss. Um, or uh, you can go off the board and pick one of your own. All right, I do have the Al Ducharme disease, otherwise known as the ADD. So make sure that you keep me on the rails. Okay, and, uh, I will okay. keep you on the rails. So, all right, here's the first one. So, if you got to use a highlighter, okay, I just went to the store and I'm looking at highlighters. They got yellow, they got green, they got orange, they got blue. You got to highlight a script, Al. Which one are you going? Yellow, green, orange, blue. Yellow. Yellow, classic. Do you want to elaborate? Am I supposed to elaborate? No, you can. You don't have to. I mean, I do. I do like yellow myself. Um, I'm not sure who's the darker it is, <laughs> the more you can't see it. So I don't know who's going blue and purple, but uh, I think I go yellow or green. Neil, I would probably choose a couple of them. So yellow for my lines, and then like purple for yeah. some for some other shit. Like that, that I thought was For important. the narrator. Yeah, something I don't know, just to make my feel, self feel more important. Like I got stuff to do. I think yellow. Well, I think uh, no, Neil. Awesome. Actually, I, I, I'm going to re-answer mine, but <laughs> I've done that before because I accidentally highlighted like the stage directions or and started reading those. <laughs> so, and then I started using a different color, like a green for a stage direction so that I wouldn't read them aloud. But uh, yes, I, I like, yeah. That's funny. I hacked off you, Neil. That's funny. I hope you didn't do that in your big debut at the, uh, the show for the Netflix. That would have been embarrassing. Yeah. No, all I did, again, I just did my act and they, they think I'm like this little mini god. Nice. Like, really? Okay. All right. Check. The second one I want to do is okay. Now Al has a whole bit on candles. So Al, which is which is worse, the scented candle or scented air freshener, or which one would you which one would you rather choose for smelling up your home, the scented candle or the scented air freshener? Well, a I have a you know I have a twenty minute bit about scented candles. Yes, so, I know. Uh, and there's scented candles all over my dwelling. You know, there's. Some of them are just too pungent and disgusting. Of course, that's the one that she likes. Uh, Which is the worst? But I prefer a candle. I prefer a candle. Which is the worst smell? The the air freshener or the plug-in? No, but which is which is the uh, worst scented candle that Bernie oh, oh, has? Oh, that! Oh, come on! It's pumpkin spice anything? Pumpkin <laughs> spice flavored? Pumpkin spice? sexual toys, whatever, <laughs> all that stuff. Anything with pumpkin spice, it's overdone. It's 
Yeah. It makes me gag. Yeah, everything's pumpkin right now. Yeah, everything's pumpkin spice. Everything's it's it makes pump- me gag like a prostitute on the first night. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Al really Sorry. doesn't like it, everyone. Um, Neil, right scented now. candle or scented? Oh I'm looking my at God. Gina has a scented candle right there. We have one right now going. Every once in a while, the, a scented candle will pop up in my apartment. And this one is like fresh. I'm not even joking. It's in that black glass right there. Yeah, Neil. yeah, yeah. It's called Fresh Grass. Yeah, yeah, they got, they fresh got, <laughs> I know, grass. I know. And does it smell like fresh grass? I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah. unless you're standing on, on, sitting on top of it. That's the thing is that we got, we got one cinnamon bun and then. <laughs> Do you just get hungry? It just oh. doesn't smell quite like a cinnamon. It's like, it just doesn't do it, but we used it because when we, when our sewage backed up. Yep. It was the only defense against the sewage coming into the house was cinnamon bun candle. <laughs> so it was like this massive war. There, there's actually, there's a sewage scent. Uh, yeah. They, we, that's what we thought. And then the other, my other, <laughs> the other spray that we have in the bathroom forever and it ran out is called Brazilian like rainforest or Brazilian party. Yeah. And so Brazilian party, something like that. It's not like suntan lotion. It said, it said something like Brazilian party. <laughs> like it was like, what's that thing they have in Brazil? The big party uh, is like, Marty, uh, I don't know. It was like that. Oh, and yeah. so we'd always spray it as a joke and we'd always be like, it gives like a Brazilian party. In the <laughs> both, it's all so ridiculous. I agree. I can't, I, it's, I agree with your bit. It's just all so ridiculous. I do send an air freshener. Gina is very specific, like Lysol. She, yeah. You cannot buy a Lysol product. Gina cannot deal with a Lysol product. It smells bad. It smells bad. Oh. So we've switched to Febreze and they have a couple of them that she can tolerate in a yeah. bathroom situation. Um, but yeah, scented, <laughs> scented candle. I think you got to have a scented air freshener just as, yeah, just as, a cur- <laughs> just as a courtesy to other people in a bathroom. You have to have it there, yeah. you know, but I don't know what she, I think Gina uses, I'm always afraid with the candle. I'm not even joking that that it's going to tip over and burn down the whole fucking house. I'm scared about that too. Yeah. And then the fire department's going to come in and go, I'm sorry you lost everything, but it smells fucking terrific. <laughs> it <laughs> smells like, are you, do you have grass in here? <laughs> this is the best fire we've had. In months. Uh, I feel, I can't wait to go back All and the fight boys that are fire. still talking about it back at the station. Uh. <laughs> they, well, wanted, they wanted to come back and reignite it. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I agree. I think unrelated, you guys, and I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, Neil, but no. uh, my, my phone is is blinking. I ordered some steak knives and it's from Amazon. Yeah, and it's right now. There's it has a picture of all the steak knives, and it said we'll be there soon. So it looks like I'm going to be murdered. <laughs> <laughs> They're all pointed like towards me. It says we'll be there within the hour. <laughs> Do you need so, to, wait, yeah, do you, what are you buying steak knives for? Do you have a steak? Are you yeah, your steak? What's going on? Well, it was the holiday uh, Labor Day weekend, and all the steak knives are like 60 and 70 percent off. And we have shitty, cheap steak knives that I hate, so I always wanted to have a nice, nice set of steak knives. But are you making but they're, steak? They're expensive. Are you they are expensive? Are you making steak? Can you make us good steak? Oh yes, we'll, we'll we'll probably grill some steaks out in the yard, and well, then uh, yes. Well, why don't we go back to the last segment? I would like a grilled steak at Al's if we go to Al's. I'll get we'll get there to some go. Omaha steaks. We can advance. do some social distancing. We have we call it the COVID cafe out in the back, <laughs> and uh, we have four tables. They're all like nine feet apart, and uh, <laughs> then we have like a community table in between, and everybody can walk up and nice. do their 
accoutrements and whatnot. But yes, well, we because you guys, you guys are going to be here next month, right? Yes, two weeks. We maybe we, we I I definitely will, and Neil is pending. We will see. Yeah. We might actually might happen. I hope so. All right, so let's do the next one. So we did we decide? Sent it, did you pick candle or air freshener, Al? I went with candle. Uh, would you go, Neil? Air I think I probably went with candle if I had to. I think I'm going air freshener. I can't do the candle. There's going to be a fire. Okay. Wow. The third one, I can't do it. Bed uh, bed size, queen, king, California king, or as Corelli would say, queen, king, California king, and divorce is the next one. Um, <laughs> that's a great joke. Um, that's a Pete Corelli. Um, which do you have, Neil? That's a good we joke. have a queen. We want to go up to king. Yeah. Gina's desperate to go up to king. That's all she wants in life is a king so she can have all this room not next to me. That's her goal in life. Look at She's yeah. walking through going, yeah. I mean, kings are amazing. I have to admit, it's so comfortable. It is good. Well, it depends on the king, right? But we're, we just slept in a fool. Oh, really? Me and Bethel been in a fool. Where? It just brings you closer in a fool. I do agree with that. When you were in L.A., when in you had a king, were Pencil, you guys Yeah, when nuts? we're in a king, I don't even know she's there. I <laughs> might as well be staying alone. <laughs> now, are, you in a, are you in a fool now? No, now we... In New York, we have a queen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but uh, Bethel's okay. mom's on that, so now I'm actually on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> Neil's on a futon. <laughs> What's called a futon? But I'm a queen. If I have to choose, I'm a I really? think queen. Queen's the ultimate. You're a queen. Well, because I aspire to a king, yeah. and I don't want to lose that. That's my big goal in life. Mm. If I go there now, it'll have nothing else to live for. <laughs> right. Well, how old? Right. How old do you think you're going to be when you? Get I don't this ever want to get bed? in heaven. Oh, okay. My heaven will be a king size bed. Simple. I'm a simple man. I'll remind. Note to self: get Neil a big coffin. <laughs> Um, so for a lot of a lot of things coming out about Neil that I didn't know about. Oh yeah, queen. Yeah, I had I'm no a idea. Simple man. Well, I have never. I'm building I mean, the character, Al. I'm building the character. Gina and I very rarely get to sleep in a king. I guess we do. I we aspire to this king, but I don't mind the queen. I like her fairly close, but not too close. But we do like sleeping on both ends of the bed. Now it's going to be like a huge gap. But I think with a king. I, th- I, I feel just, Birdie's going to come sneaking say, in right to the yeah, middle. With you guys having a queen, right. it's an embarrassment to live in this apartment to have a queen. It just doesn't fit. <laughs> and we'll take right. the queen out of this apartment for you, me and Bethel. <laughs> <laughs> she thinks this, this apartment is worth a king. Okay. Uh, any, we get ever, his mattress, Al, when he leaves it. That's what we're, we want. Okay, so Neil took queen. Uh, I'm taking king res- reluctantly. Al, did you ever, did you say queen or king, Al? Well, we have a queen, and my experience with a king would be a hotel. Yeah. Uh, I I did sleep in a California king in Ooh. Nebraska, which is weird. Um, I felt lost. <laughs> I was lost. It was. I didn't like it. I was, was too much. Night. I was nervous. <laughs> I felt like. I just felt like I, w- I was. I was sleeping on the edge of the earth. I kept going to the edge, and I. I, I was. When I went to the center of it, I just felt like I was never going to get back to land. <laughs> it was just a, a weird feeling. But um, I, I, I could definitely graduate to a king um, just because when we have slept in a hotel, that, that extra real estate. And, and I love my wife most of the time. I love <laughs> the, the extra space was nice. Yeah. It is nice. We'll so, go, we'll, yeah. well, I, we, we have a queen and I'm perfectly happy, but I would definitely want to uh, graduate to a king. Right. But you do lose that extra. Well, how, what is it? Is it eight inches? 
Yeah, something like that. That's a big. That's difference. not a question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me clear that up. Hey Neil, what is it? Eight inches? <laughs> yeah. When I'm excited, oh. yeah. Now I'm gonna fit perfectly. You know what I'm saying <laughs> with the big bed. <laughs> Finally, enough room for all of me to fit. Oh, God. Um, all right, so let's go to the next one. Um, let's go. So Al's a tech guy as well, Neil. He knows a lot of tech. Um, iPhone or Android, Al? We're gonna let you go. This I know. I know exactly what uh. Neil's gonna say. Neil's going to say he loves iPhone. He loves everything Apple. Neil's very happy. We might be pitching a show to uh, Apple TV, but. <laughs> Thank you. I, and then Neil is going to be like, well, then you have to be Apple. I'm like, no, 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 never. I'm Android. But we always go to the tech guy um, for his opinion. So iPhone or Android, Al? Uh, well, first of all, I have an iMac. I have a MacBook Pro. I have two, three MacBook Pro laptops. Uh, and I have the latest one, the 2020 right here. I'm in front of me. Well, thanks for coming um, on today. When you I walk into the Samsung. Apple store, do they go, Hey Al? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, it's so funny. Bernie has an iPhone. I have a Samsung note eight. Oh, now with that really? said, people me... look, look at me like, what are you an idiot? Why would you have that? Because I've been a Samsung guy. I just love their phones. I love their cameras, etc. They were the first phones with 4K video. I do a lot of videos. Um, here's the thing. In my hand right now, in a box brand new, I have an iPhone 11 Pro. And I've had it for five weeks. <laughs> I can't do it. I migrated my uh, contacts over. Um, but Bernadette, I bought one for Bernadette, too. We have two of them. Uh, and she's in the middle of a, a bunch of things right now, so I'm afraid to migrate her phone's information over and that it might get lost, all her texts and yep. whatnot. Yeah. So there's so, and I'm a little. I have a brain. I have brain issues, and uh, I'm going to make the jump <laughs> this week. Ah, uh, well, there it the is. Jump. He's going full Apple, Neil. Wow, perfect timing. Yeah, sorry to lose you, Al. The That's iPhone it. 12 is coming out like in a little bit. Al's about to get dumber. Yeah, I know. And I bought these five weeks ago, and I'm like, oh, this is it's more than enough. But the, the, what is the 12 going to do compared to the 11 Pro? What, uh, what is I don't know. Neil's just absolutely, like, absolutely, absolutely nothing. Nothing. Neil just loves new, and that's the thing about Apple. You got to buy a new one like every yeah. year and a half just because they they're crummy. But you'll let me know, Al. Um, we have time for one more. So. Uh, sure. This, that, and the other thing. Would you rather be on a TV show on camera for one episode or v- voiceover for a whole season? Uh, voiceover the whole season. Neil, camera, one episode, or voiceover the whole season? Uh, the voiceover the whole season. It's just, it's just a, like a Is job. Is this a money issue? Yeah, I would take the money. But and your parents it, could see you, Neil. Like your father could be taking a crap, looking on his iPhone. They're old as shit. They can't even see. My mom and dad are old as shit. Hearing is all like they love the podcast, so that I'd go for it. The sound. Okay. They'll be like, I think that's the sound of my son. <laughs> <laughs> and plus, I'm old. I don't look like I did. Honey, so. go get that magazine from the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see something. Uh, um, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm sorry. It depends I, on the I, show, I, I guess. I was jumping in. No, I'm I jumping de- in. Go ahead. I, that's a good. VO the whole season. I mean, if it's lucrative, it sounds pretty good. You know, if you're a, a character like Al on a show, it sounds good. But I don't know. It depends on the show. I mean, I like doing it. 
If I do a nice cameo on a big show. I mean, it is nice when people see me on Rami. They're well, always like, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah. Well, if you stop breaking it down like that, are you doing an hour episode drama? Are you doing the Breaking Bad? Uh, you know, what, oh, there you go. <laughs> Games of Thrones. Yeah. yeah. Are you shooting uh, Tony Soprano or something? Are yeah. you doing like an epic scene? In yeah. A... I mean, are, are you are you a guest on, you know? All right. Well, whatever, let me up the ante. So you want the VO the whole season or you're in one episode of Sopranos. There you go. Mm, I'll still right, take I'm taking the soprano. No, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Me and Al, we will. I'm going for the the career money <laughs> and the job. Move. All right, and that. Put, well, the, I'm doing that now. When I yeah. do this, I love going to. The, I love going to a table read, you know, and then going to the studio in my my shorts. Yep. Recording studio. You go. You go to the lobby. You hang out, and you, the people that are coming out of the recording studio, you're chatting it up with them. It's social hour. <laughs> And then you go in, you do your session for an hour, and then you come out and you're chatting it up with the next people going in, and you're and you're chatting it up with people that you wouldn't normally hang out with, yeah. You know, and some of them are big, big people. Well, and do you, you have, schmooze do you have a voiceover studio yeah. in your apartment? Yeah, here's the irony. No, no, I don't. And now for the pandemic, I'm like, okay, because we were we had a meeting in case we're doing. The next season five, <laughs> um, <laughs> where we're going to record, and oh, I'm like, shit. okay, I think is is Netflix going to build my real studio? But you don't. Here's the thing: the the technology we have these days, you don't need anything elaborate. You don't need a gas chamber. You know, right. you you can just you can go in your closet with a, with some padding and some a really good microphone now, or it doesn't even have to be a twenty five hundred dollar microphone. It could be you know, a $200 microphone. So uh, you have to have that TL line. It's not even a TL line now. What is it called, Lenny? A T1 you know, line. Yeah, that's right. I don't know what the T1, line is. Whatever. Yeah, I don't know what the line yeah, is. Yeah, but what I'm saying is you, you don't need to have the $5,000 right. sound booth. Damn it. I wish you would have told me that a couple of weeks ago. I built my... <laughs> 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 All right, we're done. Well, right. if, you, if, you do, if you have it, you have it. All right. All right, that's it, Al. You made it all the way through. Thanks. We, th- that was amazing. That was great. The one, w- the way we end the show is one good thing or one bad thing of the week. I am going to start this week. Um, my bad thing is Manhattan mini storage. I have a storage container, you know, because oh, we don't have do? enough closets. Yeah, uptown. Oh, it's past shit. your house. It's oh, on like shit. 107th Street. Okay. And they keep raising the prices very slowly mm. to the point of like it started at like $77 not that long ago. Yeah. And now we're at like a, over a hundred. They just Shit. sent me another thing. I'm like, all right, we're done. I'm gonna get it to work uh, in this apartment. I don't look at that stuff anyway. And you get it to the point where it's like, there's nothing in there that I absolutely need. No. So it's time to clean up that place and get it out of there. Give me a break, Manhattan Mini Storage. Like, it's <laughs> what's storage. Her, what's the name of the the girl that you need to do uh, that does all the cleaning? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Shit. Marie Kondo. Maria, Maria. Maria. Yeah. Marie Kondo. <laughs> <laughs> you must have throw out everything in your life. Um, so that's going. That's my thing All of the right, week. They prey on your laziness. Not anymore. Not during this pandemic. I'm gonna, <laughs> that's going to be my side project. Get all the stuff out of the mini storage. All right, Neil, one good thing or one bad thing of the week? Well, mine's a good thing. I'm back in New York, and I. it's just fun to be back. I, I got here, and then I realize there's a major pandemic and I walked outside, but I put my mask on. Everybody has a mask outdoor dining. Uh, but yeah, just really good to be back in New York. I, I do love New York and it, there is homeless people everywhere and there is outdoor dining where you could die by a car hitting you cause you're <laughs> eating on the street. But 
all that shit, I really, I just like it all and homeless people and it's got like, I just, I just miss it. And I, I love, I he love that. the I'm, vibe, man. The pandemic just is a whole like fucking, it just fits for New York City. So I, I embraced it all. We're making it work, people. We're making it work. New York's not dead. We're just pandemic alive. That's how we do it. Uh, Al, one good thing, one bad thing of the week. Well, you know, I did get my email with a schedule for a certain something where I have to go in and do some recording. I can't say wow. what it is, but I'm very excited about it. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. I, I have a job. I have a job. That's as good and as I it actually, gets right uh, there. I, I, I'll be uh, my, uh, I have a- to officially stop collecting unemployment although i just got a bunch of residual checks so i haven't been getting paid that's right this is uh, amazing and and al if efforts for family is a go then you're really gonna have a good month so good luck with that hopefully that will come in for you <laughs> yeah. um and bernadette's pregnant what, what? No, <laughs> no 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 i'm totally kidding mailbox money uh, that's what they call residuals mailbox money bernadette is kind of pregnant she's trying to find somebody a house for me <laughs> And if she can find that house, she will give birth to a very nice set of steak knives, I believe. Uh, yes. As a matter of fact, I will have Leonardo DiCrapio, because I call him Leonardo DiCrapio. Um, you'll be having steaks at my house every ah, night. Ah, delicious. <laughs> Let's hope it does. I think it will. Keep fingers crossed on and that. Bernie will, be, Bernie will have her gymnastic uh, lessons paid for for the next four years. That's right. I'll, I, I hope it happens. <laughs> Um, Al Ducharme, you can find him on Twitter at, at StandUpAl or Instagram at StandUpAl, AlDucharme.com, and his podcast, TheTwoDicks.com, or Facebook at... No, it's two- The Talking Dicks, correction. It's The Talking oh, Dicks the is talking. the podcast, and The Two Dicks is the web series. Ah, I see. It's the same people, mm-hmm. right? With Al Romas. Yeah, Al Romas does it all with you. But on, on Twitter, that is at two dicks 2 on Instagram, you use the different name for every single one of these, Al. I hate you. At Dicks2 on Twitter. Um, just go find them, the two dicks. Very funny. The, you, the here's two. the thing. If you Google the two dicks, you're going to see some images that you didn't <laughs> see. So be careful. I'm glad you thought it out before. Not like you couldn't see that coming, Al. I'm so uh, glad you came. We've been wanting to have you forever, Al, on the yeah, show. Yeah, we've so been wanting to have you. I, I hope f- you come back. I agree, Al. I have so I, much I more to ask I can't believe you guys did 140-something episodes, and then you, you did you did 40-something almost a year with uh, uh, Crazy Boy, Mr. Mean Guy, yeah, yeah. Brennan. I know. That was a different podcast. Yeah, he doesn't like to talk about <laughs> it. Yeah, we don't talk about We don't talk about Fight Club. Um the, look, we wanted to. We had. I had this whole plan that I could get everybody to come in the studio. And when you guys were in town, I was going to get you to come here for a day and Bernie yeah, out to come in. And then we had a pandemic. Bernie's got to be next. You think she'll I, come? I, I want to get Bernie. Cause we have a lot to talk about. You guys were both on our vision board. Just yeah. so you know, we couldn't wait any longer. <laughs> we had to do it. I know that's because we live the twenty eight hundred miles apart. I know that. But thanks for for thinking of me. Absolutely, that would be honored and. To come on, of course, we'd love uh, to. Have, we'll, we'll have her. I want to have her when her, you know, the baby, quote unquote, is delivered, so we mm-hmm. can talk about. It. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We can talk about all that stuff. But until then, hopefully, we will see you in a month. And congrats and, on all the amazing stuff. Yeah, congrats, Al. And, yeah. and well, if you guys are available for, thank you so much. And if you guys are available for the COVID Cafe Steak Night, uh, I know you have to take precautions and such. But I have not done anything. I'm gone. Shopping, all my stuff is delivered. Oh, so. we know because you have no spleen. We know. 
Al, I'll see you in Juno. <laughs> Al, Lenny will see you in Juno, uh, October 2022. <laughs> 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 oh, hilarious. All right, that's where we're getting I will out. see you guys next month. All right, bye, Al. Thank bye. you so much. Bye. Right, bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. Four Corners Podcast was created, hosted, produced, and engineered by me, Lenny Marcus. Executive producers Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Buttons Podcast. <laughs>